Hello, everyone, and welcome to Paul and Moses Play, a celebration of games and play, and a deep dive into video games, and what make them so special to us. I'm your host, Paul Berberidge, and with me, as always, is Dr. Moses Wolfenstein. Hello, Moses. Hello, Paul. We are back. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 90. Or... 90? Yeah, no, 90. 90? <laughs> wow. I believe it is. Yes. That's crazy. Yeah, no, that, 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 that tracks. It tracks when I'm looking at this list of ranked games and yeah. knowing <laughs> knowing where our gaps are in uh, in the ranks. Mm-hmm. The gaps in the ranks, which the can be easily exploited. And you got to be careful about that. Right, right. A pincer move can uh, be very disruptive. You're done. Next thing you know, you're over. Phalanx. Yeah. If a phalanx yeah. is employed, an infiltrating unit can just uh, get you know back into into your back lines, your command. I mean, mm. ooh, ugly stuff. Right. Spoken like a couple of real experts on military <laughs> strategy ethics. gaming. Yes, exactly. <laughs> on total war. <laughs> when in fact, no, no, it's true. If there's one thing that I think you and I uh, both will freely admit, it is that real time strategy not. Not either of our uh, strong suits per se, not an area where we've spent, a, you know, the kind of extensive time that, you know, say a Rick Horton has uh, sure. has committed some hours to, you know. Sure. With some outliers that don't really fit neatly into the RTS genre, for, for me anyway, being Factorio and no, sure. uh, 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 Rim. What's it called? Rimworld. <laughs> Rim, what's it like called? Pacific Rim, Outer Rim? No. Rim world. Pacific Rim World. Yes. Uh, but yeah, in general, you know, definitely in, in, in my younger days and probably you as well, you know, played up some uh, Warcraft, Warcraft 2, etc. You know, uh, I, but... I don't know if I've mentioned this on the pod before, probably when I ranked the game I'm about to reference, but, uh, you know, Starcraft and Warcraft, weirdly, I just kind of missed them somehow. So yeah. when I got into Dawn of War for a hot minute, I went I went pretty deep on that game and I really enjoyed it a lot and I beat its campaigns. Um, one of its campaign levels, I can't remember the name of, was was absolutely hor- horrible, just terrible. One of those ones where you just bang your head against the wall to be like, this is a puzzle that can only be solved in one fucking way. And yeah. so help me. Yeah. And I have to reset this whole level because I screwed something up, you know, several minutes ago where I needed to spawn the right type of unit or whatever it was. Yeah. But um, but yeah, that would be my particular foray into into that area. Yeah. But um, yeah. Well, speaking of campaigns, we uh, dusted off the old Diablo Four campaign. We dusted off the Diablo Four campaign, and I figure this is the point where um, you know, listeners who have not uh, finished or even perhaps started Diablo Four. Uh, we're gonna have to talk spoilers for a minute here, and in standard uh paul and moses fashion uh, it's not like we're going to edit this later and say like hey fast forward to minute you know 13 minutes and 22 seconds like no just take your best guess if you're trying to avoid some spoilers uh we'll probably be talking about this for the next five to ten minutes yeah um yeah it was it was fun you know the story uh definitely picked up it was my, a campaign. My interest yeah. as the time went on there were some moments of of drama and uh, you know, we I think we already mentioned when one of your companions, you know, loses an arm. Uh, quite well, is there a way to non-traumatically lose an arm, but uh, in quite a traumatic fashion? Right. Um, yeah. No. So that that happened, <laughs> as they say. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. The Diablo Four main character cast is narrow, mm-hmm. um, and um, you know. That's probably not an accident. It allowed them to go deep on voice acting and deeper on animation with just kind of a, a handful of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, it does mean that it makes it, uh, in a way, slightly predictable when you get down into into the end game, and you're like, "Well, somebody's going to die, right?" Yeah, with that limited character cast, and you know, like this game is dark. It hasn't beat around the bush. As you were alluding to, Narell loses an arm. We talked about that uh, last time, I believe. Mm-hmm. Must be like reunited with Lorath and all that. Um, I think we talked about that last time because I'm trying to remember if we even had gotten to the Tree of Whispers uh, before, a, you know, the last episode. I'm, I'm well, not no, I mean, entirely Tree of, sure. Tree of Whispers is is post campaign, so 
No, no, no. The tree of whispers. The oh, book oh, whispers. oh, because the, the locale is tree of whispers. To... The locale with all the heads hanging from it. You right. know where Lorath makes his deal with the tree, where his head must hang there eventually too. Right. So, um, although whereas not... now in post campaign we have this repeatable thing that I've been doing uh, at the tree of whispers, which is why I was confused there. Aha. Yeah. Okay. The Narel quest line that I yeah. haven't uh, gone to check out quite yet, and we'll get there in a sec. Um. But I'm diatribing all the way to the point of, yes, so Donan, right. Donan uh, and his inevitable demise. Yeah. And um, but yeah. also like kind of it doesn't it didn't really bother me, but it's an odd choice, I feel, where it wasn't some heroic sacrifice. He just got close to like a corpse <laughs> wall. <laughs> Ryan was telling me about it. Like, I was like, shit, you're right. Like, after all of this shit that he's been through. Yeah. And he stands too close to a corpse wall and is stabbed by it. Yeah. Which when we're not in the close shot, it doesn't even look like much and doesn't seem to square with when we get the cinematic close up where he's got this huge, like massive wound. And you're like, what the fuck? This is a missed beat by any measure. Okay. Like, so let me just throw this to you that Diablo four is at its worst in terms of Ludo narrative dissonance in the final moments of the game, in the final hours of the game. Um, because the gameplay in hell and through hell and, you know, and even up to, you know, your fight with Lilith is is actually really good. I, I thought it was great. I thought the part where you're kind of on a forced march through hell yeah. was really solid gameplay. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and challenging in the you know, monster density jumped up a bit, which has been a recurring uh, gripe of mine. It was the um, first point in the game where that thing that you were looking for and have been griping about finally happens. Like yeah. really, really happens. We had a few moments before where it's like, oh, hey, a bit of monster den- density. Now, hell though, you're suddenly like, shit, they keep coming. Yeah. Oh God, they keep coming, you know? And, and, mm-hmm. and it's good. It's a, it's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, tell me of this uh, this dissonance that you're referencing. The story just kind of like crumbles, in my opinion. Mm. And Donnan's death doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And they decided to pack in, in like two hours of gameplay, there's like two hours of cutscenes mm-hmm. and, and voiceover, like, you know, f- you know, full on cut cutscenes and then full on uh, cinematics. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. It's a lot of watching. And it does that thing in one of the most extreme measures that the game has done it. So you voiced this before. Um, you as the main character don't really feel like the game is about you. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, I don't know, nowhere is that more evident than an extensive cutscene with the forces of heaven and the confrontation between, you know, angel and demon. And like, why does any of this have to do with me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the game really falls apart in that respect. Um, it, not that it matters. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely the NPC and the world's story more than it is the pe- the player character's story. Yeah, and and it's like on full display at this point where you're just kind of instrumental. You're like, okay, you're a tool to kill Lilith, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, we're not going to use the uh, Soul Stone, so that's that's your your job is to be the Soul Stone. <laughs> yeah. Fun- uh, you know, not not in terms of storing her, and I mean, of course they make that gamer call. To, uh, to make it really clear to you that they'll be able to reuse her assets. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you can never really kill these evils, right? Like, right. devils and, and angels will inevitably come. I mean, I assume angels as well will have their ability to inevitably come back despite being apparently consumed by a horde of demons. Yeah. Just a good shot for what it's worth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but yeah. overall, uh, you know, an enjoyable game. Uh, the enjoyment definitely spikes when we're doing co-op. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. Which you know we did through the whole campaign. Um, I've been uh, so I finally sat down and redid a little bit of my build and went through all my stuff mm. and said goodbye to some old imprinted items in favor of new items and more Better armor. Items. And man, I am just stomping. Like everything. I think the other relevant call out here, since we're on the topic, is how Blizzard came out and they were like, We fucked up. We're never going to do a patch like this again. We nerfed everything way too hard into the ground. We're sorry. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, which I was feeling a, a few days ago, but now um, power level is is pretty pretty up there, and all my abilities are are synergizing nicely. I think the probably aspects. unless you've uh, pushed through on that quest line to open up the nightmare dungeons, mm -hmm. um, that might be where it hurts the most from talking to the folks who were playing the the back end of the game. Yeah, that um, not yeah, that having some of those heavy <clears throat> heavy item nerfs. Uh, especially when you're dealing with kind of the nastiest stuff in the game stung mm -hmm. a little bit too hard. Yeah. Um, but I think especially given what you're saying, like like me, you've had a non-optimized character. You're probably a little bit more optimized than I was. Mm -hmm. And that's time I've still got to spend. I got to like fix that shit up. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I've been doing a uh, renown because there's some nice rewards for maxing that out um, and just destroying strongholds. And like, yeah, it's been... Nice. It's been some fun, uh, some fun solo stuff. Um, yeah, I finally threw a little bit of time in the other night just to get Renown up enough in two more locations to get that sweet, sweet potion yeah. reward. Because that was definitely, uh, I was hurting on that when mm -hmm. we were trying to run Cathedral of Light. Um, and uh, I'm guessing you're right that we're going to have to redo the entire front. Although I will say that Cathedral, my Cathedral of Light quest now it says something like finish the Cathedral of Light. Oh, okay. So I'm vaguely hopeful that having, you know, poured a bunch of essence into a thing, we might be able to kind of pick up somewhere closer to where we left off rather than yeah. having to do the whole front end of the dungeon again. Because normally, uh, you know, dungeon quest text isn't going to kind of arbitrarily change yeah. for, for no good reason. So, but um, yeah. Well, either either way, with the rate that I'm destroying now, we're we're gonna blast through that. We dungeon. should be in pretty good shape. Yeah, yeah, and I I banged out an extra level and I have a couple more potions on on me as well. So even if I don't get a chance to optimize before we return to Diablo and you know the decimation that awaits, I I think that yeah we should be in pretty good shape to open up Nightmare Dungeons. And uh, I also take it since you and I haven't had a chance to check in, um, that uh, I should just go ahead and track Narel down. At the uh, at the tree of whispers, cause uh, that way we can sync up on that as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I won't. I'll let you find out for yourself what all it entails. But it's more robust than I was expecting. Okay. To, to in keep terms you of like back. narrative content, or in terms no. of okay, gotcha. <laughs> in terms of this is enough motivation for me to continue slaughtering thousands of creatures. Okay. No, that's good to hear. That's good yeah. to hear. I will say at the end of the day, Narel is probably. The most interesting character in the game like yeah. when you get into the like the what what they do have for you and the fact that she's out there with hatreds uh essence trapped in the stone and she's trying to kind of find the path forward and obviously that's pretty heretical so mm -hmm. you know it's like one of these moments where diablo 4 comes frustratingly close to having really beefy narrative that you want to hook into but it never quite arrives at it mm -hmm. Um, and as we've talked about before, it certainly doesn't need it, but it just is, it's frustrating. The quality of the, of the, you know, dialogue writing and everything juxtaposed against the fact that there's just like nothing underneath it. It's, oh, yeah. it's, it comes, it comes so close in these little moments. Like yeah. another one is Lorath making the deal with the tree. I think actually like the way mm -hmm. that they've set that up, um, but haven't killed him off. Like that's also a nice, a nice touch that. I have to assume, given the way that uh, this is playing out, it's it, you know playing out in seasons. It's not playing out in content patches, um, you know, or expansions. So probably that's all just going to be picked up with Diablo Five. <laughs> yeah, although I, I have a feeling there will be a regular old DLC to to, and I'm hoping so, so that we because like I the one thing I will literally definitely pay for because there's no way I'm yeah. paying for these seasons. <laughs> yeah, same here. I, I had entertained it for a while, but I'm like, no way. And also, I tried a seasonal character, and I just can't be fucked. Like, the Barbarian is so much fun, and trying to do anything else feels like, well, an even greater waste of time than Diablo <laughs> itself is. <laughs> I I have to wonder about their decision to make the season content not something that, like, you split off your existing character to tackle, given that it requires you to complete endgame. It makes it very strange that you're then creating a level one character that has no connection to kind of anything. And I, I did read one uh, post on, uh, on the subreddit. Uh, I don't subscribe to that one. It's just too fucking much, <laughs> but um, I did, did catch one post on the subreddit where somebody was like, it, it feels really empty. Yeah. You know that the season content feels really, really empty. And that's something I'm sure they can fix. 
And yeah. so maybe later this season or by the next season, they'll have kind of improved that enough to make it feel worthwhile. But it it does really genuinely feel odd to me. It's like, I get the idea of like, maybe you shouldn't have your characters coming in with all of their gear. Um, but like do something where it's like, since the requirement is to play through, maybe you have a clone of your character that, you know, that runs season content. Um, that's like stripped down gear wise, but is built up level wise or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I think that's how seasons have always worked is that you start uh, a new character, a level for one character and the, I think the rationale behind it, and I'm not sure how accurate or how much this really factors in, or at least at this point, but that they're going to try experimenting with like Gonzo stuff for the mm -hmm. seasons that would sort of quote, break the break the main game. Yeah. Uh, I dig that. I can, you know, and, and hopefully they will, hopefully they will go crazy with it. You know, I mean, I would be particular. I would be more interested in that concept. Like, if they're, like, are they doing stuff where the skill trees are different in the seasons? No, is nothing that, like that. No. See, that it's, would be that would make it. I, yeah. I'd be super curious. I'd be like, hey, even the class that I maybe main or whatever. Like, okay, I want to pick that up and see what kind of like crazy weird shit they have in beta. Essentially, like a constant live beta. Yeah. Where you can see like, oh, and then they might decide to fold this into a skill tree or not. You know. I mean, in as much as aspects are skills ish mm -hmm. you know uh not exactly but the way they they impact skills can almost feel like a new skill sometime that's really where the differences are are lying with the seasonal stuff yeah gotcha gotcha from what i understand well shoot i mean i gotta get the back end of the game fully opened up first and we got to do a do some nightmare co-op bring in some some friends and uh family in my case because you know my brother's gonna be out of pocket for a minute but uh you know he is also He's he's in Endgame at this point, so okay, you know, yeah, nice. And that might be the finally the the final line to uh, to get Gabe on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, you never know, you never know. This could finally be it, folks. Although I gotta say, we have been absolutely cursed with guests. Um, yeah, guests are a curse that keep showing up at our virtual <laughs> home. No, uh, we've had so much struggles to get a guest on the show. We were gonna have one this week, but uh, I was gonna record up at my mom's last night, and her internet went down. Yep. <laughs> it happens so you know severin we'll get back to you as well yeah have you up on the pod soon as well for sure but um yeah i don't have uh too much else this week the one other thing i was going to say is that i had this perfect plan in my mind the other night when we were like hey this is a good time we've got plenty of time to get on i think it was like the day after oh yeah we, we podcasted it was like tuesday or something last week i was like great i've been told there's not that much of the game left so, you know, we'll play for a bit and I've got a fair amount of time tonight. So then maybe after that, um, I didn't say this to you because I, I didn't want to like set any expectations. I was like, maybe uh, I could jump into Outer Wilds and you can watch me, you know, <laughs> yeah. struggle with that a little bit. But uh, no, the two hours worth of cutscenes, yeah. um, that was just not happening. And not to mention, you know, I was sipping on some beers and when you pace yourself for two hours of gaming, <laughs> four hours later you're reasonably lit and um you know <laughs> I, I wasn't even like i'm like no i'm not playing outer wilds i'm gonna watch some shit <laughs> yeah yeah next step is watching something so nice. yeah but outer wilds still beckoning to me absolutely it, it, it's still there calling my name so that that's in the immediate future and um you know spent the evening the other night trying to crank through some battle pass levels on apex which i did like 10 levels in a night or something it's not that nice. hard once you know what you're doing yeah so who knows whether i'll net net the up to 100 so i can get that sweet sweet virtual currency i don't give a shit <laughs> <laughs> and yet i'll try and yeah. yet i'll try because the game's still fucking fun yeah well yeah that's all that matters at the end of the day true true that any other gaming made it into your uh into your week no nothing even if I don't want to play Diablo, like I don't, I also don't want to play, you know what I mean? Like you don't feel drawn to something else in lieu of Diablo. Yeah. Um, so yeah, nope, nothing, nothing else for me. Yeah, no, fair enough. Fair enough. So uh, with that, I think we'll move to the first feature of the show. It's time for game ranks. Rank it on up, Moses. Yeah, Paul. So for this week, um, you know, I, I struggled a little bit about this. Uh, I feel like I say this every week. So I'm ranking in my 85th spot between uh, Desert Golf at 84 and Thexter at 86. Uh, Scorched Earth, oh, the shit, 1991 MS-DOS game. Yes. Hell yeah. 
absolutely. So, um, great game. I don't think it had an Apple release at the time that it came out as a DOS game. I'm sure that it was, you know, rendered so that I could have been playing it on an Apple, but you know, anyone had an Apple in the home. I think it, I had the two GS at that point, but I would have played this game at basically every friend's house. Cause like most of my friends had, uh, uh, an IBM, uh, or other PC game, uh, you know, platform such that, uh, we would have been, been running this DOS. It was a shareware game. So, easy to get your hands on um and uh apparently uh written by wendell hicken using borland c and turbo assembler thank you wikipedia for a little bit of information and also thank you wikipedia for uh letting me know that the technical term for scorched earth is an artillery video game of which it was not the first no. naturally right tank battle tank battle it. sure yeah that yeah. that yeah if i look up artillery game here um it does seem like uh, Artillery Combat or EGA Bomb on IBM pa- compatible PCs released in 1988, hmm. uh, which was written in Turbo Basic. Um, so yeah, but there were a number a number of other ones. But Scorched Earth, definitely the game that uh, put this style of game on the map for many of us. Yeah. Um, and I remember many many hours, and this was definitely like one of the like. We're going to do some computer gaming. Uh, maybe we'll shift over to console later. And we're not going to spend like, you know, five hours playing Scorched Earth, but we'll play Scorched Earth for half an hour, an hour, run some rounds until we're like kind of done with it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think one of the key things about uh, about Scorched Earth was it introduced uh, a couple of key things to the style of game. One was that you did have a limited amount of fuel mm-hmm. to move your tank around. And that was that was pretty crucial. This is a choice that you could make on a turn to like reposition yourself a little bit if you felt like your opponent pretty much had your number. Like that that was key. It also gave you some pretty fun weapons to potentially mm-hmm. add into the mix depending on on what your preference was. Um, so you know, key uh, among them was you know you have had your standard missiles, but you of course had your nukes, mm-hmm. um, and then your your death head. <laughs> spreading ballistic nuclear like i'm just gonna annihilate everybody on the map because i'm pretty sure otherwise you've got me next turn weapon Mm -hmm. totally cheap totally stupid but especially when you're like whatever 12 years old 14 years old you know yeah it's fine um it also introduced the like cover your enemy with dirt uh or take a round to dig yourself out um and the um uh, let's see. The napalm was the, the cover yourself with dirt, but then you could have the riot charge to dig yourself out without damaging yourself because falls and dirt falling on you could wind up being your death. Um, Which, yeah. So, then there was like a, I think it was called the ground earth hog or groundhog or something where you could eat away the earth underneath someone and make them absolutely fall. Love that. Oh yeah. No, that was absolutely huge. Um, and of course you could have parachutes. Mm-hmm. that um i think like you you have like maybe one on a loadout or something so that you could you could get the single chance to to fall safely and yeah. not uh not fall to your doom um another really uh amusing thing about this game that i think was a little bit of a uh, i don't know i don't know if i'd call it groundbreaking but it had a, a set of um of computer uh opponents right mm-hmm. of early ai opponents if you will that's really being generous to call them AI. Um, but they were the moron, the shooter, the pool shark, the tosser, the chooser, the spoiler, the cyborg. And then you could have a random one imposed on you or more than one, actually. Right. Mm-hmm. You could have. And that was definitely like I, I was typically only playing this with one other friend, although I do feel like at some point we might have had it on like a school computer or something where you'd have like four of us kind of clustered around taking turns during, a, a, you know, lunch break or something i don't know hard to hard to push that uh exactly um but you know uh it it was nice because you had the ability to add kind of a variable level of difficulty opponents some of which would absolutely decimate the human players um because like like the spoiler uh would take into account and this is from the manual spoilers are decidedly dangerous taking into account the wind factor and gravity they will get a perfect shot almost every time, assuming nothing is in the way. Hmm. Luckily, they aren't able to compensate for vicious air. I forgot that there is vicious air. Or is that viscous? Must That's be viscous. probably viscous air. <laughs> I definitely forgot that there was viscous air. Huh. Yeah. 
Wow. Um, but the tosser, I think, was probably the most interesting computer opponent because they start at moron level and they get better over time. <laughs> nice. So if the game runs long enough, the tosser might eventually get good enough to nail you. Hmm. Yeah, man. Uh, I did not have this on my list, but it definitely is now. Like so many, just seeing like the the main menu, I was like, man, yes, it felt so yes, good. It brings back these memories, right? To boot up that game. And we would have it eventually like we had to run some sort of compatibility thing because uh, like you would tap the button to adjust your aim and it would just spin oh, a thousand yeah. times. <laughs> it was like too fast, you know? Yeah. Slow it down. That makes uh, sense. With its release in 91, you probably were playing it like it was on a better computer than what it had been originally designed probably. for. Yeah. You know, um, but because it was shareware, like, okay, it doesn't matter. Like you could run this thing. I, I'm sure it's still possible to run it now. Yeah, like there's probably a browser-based version, but I'm sure that the you know that the actual actual ROM is there's undoubtedly easy emulators out there for it to to be able to to you know ramp it up. But uh, you know, I never got into Worms, which had a number of games, and is like if I had, I probably would have wound up ranking that in its place mm -hmm. um, because I think there's a lot of refinement that happened with the Worms games, and I played one of them. I don't remember which one for a minute. Um, but, you know, since that isn't something that occupied my gaming experience, even if I were to come to it now, it wouldn't be able to hold the the position. Um, you know, I could I could conceive of an artillery game, a modern artillery game, especially if it was like, God, this probably exists. I know there are phone artillery games, but like a good multiplayer turn based yeah. artillery phone game. It still wouldn't have the charm of being clustered around the keyboard together, but right. um, but could probably make for some pretty entertaining play if it was say you know like a four or five person thing that we could rope some people into playing yeah. uh you know set up a, a group chat bug the person who's whose turn it is to take the next <laughs> shot you know that whole yeah. thing yeah um yeah lots of good memories uh the i think there was a, a repulsor shield which was a risky move that sounds likely there was definitely bouncy walls bouncy walls were a bouncy thing. walls bounce bounce shots oh yeah bounce shots well um yeah that that repulsor one like it was permeable but as long as the velocity wasn't enough it would you know eat right. it right back at at well hopefully at someone but uh, equally it could potentially bounce off and land in the dirt next to you right. and then you fall to your death yep so yeah huge uh variety of of stuff there yeah cool uh good good call man i'm definitely gonna have to rank that one soon myself right on um, but for this week, for me, coming in at number 87 is Grand Theft Auto 4. Oh, yes. Uh, originally played on the Xbox 360. Um, long awaited, because, you know, there was Grand Theft Auto 3 and then Vice City and San Andreas, but those were all in the same engine. This was mm -hmm. truly a, a step forward. And, um, I mean, what can you even say? It was this massive world, this intricate city. Um a pretty good story you were this like human trafficker criminal guy trying to go go clean and you know getting getting pulled back in and it it wore out its welcome and she's like okay i'm doing more dirty work again right. for this scumbag and i just want to not do it you know but um and you know a lot of little nice details um websites in-game websites you could go to could go on dates and get drunk and it would like mess up your your steering um this, just you're all... the eastern european dude in this one yeah, right yeah nico that's Billick. right yeah yeah that's right nico yeah yeah I, and it was honestly a step forward i didn't play a lot of it and i i, I think i would have enjoyed it because it was in a sweet spot in terms of gta mm -hmm. um where it hadn't gotten quite as overblown as it as it would in short order um but it seems to me like it was in a in, in a, a really good space insofar as um, the character development that they were able to do in it, in spite of the part you were just saying about like, you know, yeah, it gets tired. Yeah. But, um, but my memories of both uh, a little bit of play and then watching, I think mostly Rick probably. Okay. That's twice we've invoked Rick in one episode. We should get him I say back. the third time. Does he just appear? Rick. Ah, damn it. Oh. What we can, we can only hope. Um, we definitely have to get him back though, but, but yeah. yeah um, 
that there was a, a definitely a more sophistication in what they were doing with the characters than they'd been able to do with uh, Vice City or with San Andreas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's pretty, pretty well-worn territory and it's been a long time since I've played it. So I don't, but it was just the whole, it was everything you'd want it to be. The radio stations, the, the vast world to explore, all the vehicles. Uh, they even like made the gunplay better than it had been in, in previous games. Um, and also I, I loved that. I think it was called the emotion engine where characters, like if they trip and like stumble down some stairs, like it's really well done. However, they, they did it. Cause they don't just ragdoll. They have like some rigidity and like trying to catch skills, themselves like, and yeah, whatever. It yeah. Looks, it looks real and funny and, uh, and just so, so many evening spent like trying to launch yourself out of a car's windshield and like fly the furthest and, and stuff like that. You know, it was a lot of emergent uh, gameplay to be had as well. Oh, no doubt. I'm also seeing that, um, you know, in what I can only assert as a broadly correct move, uh, they stiffed Staten Island in the design of Liberty City in this <laughs> game. You've got Broker, Dukes, Bohan, and Algonquin, mm-hmm. which are respectively Brooklyn, Queens, the Bronx, and Manhattan, but no no Staten. And, um, I, you know, okay, fine. Somebody from Staten Island's going to come kick my ass one of these days. <laughs> but that was going to happen anyway. I maybe I the <laughs> catch is they have to actually leave Staten Island, which they don't like to do. Uh, of course. Well, it is an island. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 And and also it is still the 1950s on Staten Island. So right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> little uh, known fact there. Well, except for any New Yorker and they all know it. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, kind of short and sweet for me uh, with that ranking. But, yeah, that's my new number. Eighty seven. Right on. Uh, moving ahead in the show, it is time for What I Love About. And uh, Moses, any love from you this week? Yeah, uh, I think this will one you can be one you can, this will one, this will one <laughs> that you can relate to. Um, but it will be one that you can relate to. One thing that I do love in life is feline companions. Hmm. And I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, my feline companions in regard to gaming this week. So this is pretty short. Um, This is not for Birdie, who basically hates video games, and and so do Jeeves. Sometimes Birdie will want to come up on my shoulders and just get some attention while I'm gaming. So he'll come up to the coffee table and ask for ups which uh, even in in his senior years at 16, he still does. Um, and uh, it, it, it doesn't happen that often, though, because mostly that's just like, I want your attention and you're doing this thing that I don't like. Um, and, uh, you know, Jeeves was always trying to get me to not game. I'm quite convinced of it. So, <laughs> um, but he would hang out for the gaming. Uh, however, Mila, actually, my gaming time is like time she enjoys spending with me. Mm. So Milagros, when I go out and I turn on the TV and the PlayStation and, you know, I'm doing these things in a pretty consistent order. I'm usually grabbing the remote. The moment she sees me grab the remote and turn it on and start walking to grab the headphones to plug into it, then she's like, meow, meow, meow. I want attention now. You've been witness to this uh, on on a few occasions where basically she's like, "Okay, this is the part where first you're going to pet me. Uh, mm-hmm. while you're loading up your game, you'll come and you'll sit next to me on the couch and you'll give me attention. And then, uh, I'll, I'll hang out with you while you game. And if you're sitting on the couch, I'll like sit next to you. And otherwise, if you're standing, I'll just kind of sit back here and I'll hang out with you while you game. Um, and I appreciate this about Mila. She does also actually like to watch TV shows with us where, and sometimes she, and this is true for Pablo too. They will actually sometimes watch the TV while we're watching. Mm-hmm. Um, Pablo got really into this one Netflix series about cat people. <laughs> he was like super watching he was what he was just all about it he was like oh my god it's like I, he was probably more interested in the people than the cats but um but yeah no he has no particular interest in video games but for mila it's uh it's special time for for me and my my furry princess daughter um she enjoys hanging out with me while i game and i enjoy that she does oh nice yeah yeah uh i definitely you know relate to that um and Gaming time is is lap time. Oh yeah, for, uh, for Orval, you know, I get my my footstool out, and he likes to sit on laps, but generally only if the person has long legs that he can stretch out on. Uh, okay. So myself, Laura, uh, you know, we're we're Alex, uh, you know, 
uh, anyone with the long shanks would uh there you go would be blessed with with that um but yeah i mean he'll just sit you know for for hours if uh if the situation allows for it which it often does and um you know i'm just glad i'm glad he's glad he's here <laughs> absolutely absolutely no they make they make gaming time that extra little bit of special yeah so here's the feline companions who like the game here here um well for myself this week um what i love about video games is the music uh you know this is uh, uh a well that we return to many many times because well oh, you know sure. we're we're both musically inclined and Absolutely. great appreciators of it. Uh, and I just wanted to share a, uh, two selections here. Um, first one is Corridors of Time from Chrono Trigger. This is when you it's late in the game and you discover this anachronistic uh, civilization, this uh, advanced people living up in these floating islands in uh, like sort of, uh, you know, just after the prehistoric era is this sort of dark age. Uh, era and uh so it gives uh i think it really evokes this this sort of other type of uh, feeling so and just the the choral effect there i love the sitar and then you're hearing the the drums that boom, 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 boom. like it sounds fucking good. Like this was the Super Nintendo, and this is good ass music. This is remarkable when you consider what was possible on the SNES. Yeah, like this sounds like some N64 shit. Yeah, and then in a moment you hear the the choral kind of rises up to meet the the melody. You'll hear it. This also really makes me want to write, like, do a little little digital composition with like super old school vocal pads like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have a very special sound that's like both cheesy and awesome at the same time. Yeah. Where, when vocal pads start getting better, they actually kind of get worse compared yeah. to the. Yeah. There's that um, Grimes song, and I'm not. I mean, I like a couple of her albums as a person it's kind of like me but um that's another story there's one where it starts like my life but then uh they have this really cool really like lo-fi it's like oh and i just just love it it's so uh so i satisfying. think that you are thinking of um see you on a dark night uh the track is actually called oblivion yes if i'm thinking of the correct one yep, yep. yeah great yeah. freaking track absolutely yeah uh, my other selection for this episode is the battle theme from super mario rpg um it's just got a great uh, almost sort of caribbean kind of feel really bouncy and energetic and of course the remake is is on the way uh and i, I have a hankering to play this game now but i'm gonna wait because i don't want to like double dip you know of um, course but the other uh the other notable is i don't know if you want to call it notable but uh the other thing is mark my little brother friend of the show um i don't remember how the game went but it was a game called bouncing barucus okay uh, just a childhood made up name um uh, i love the the higher pinch synth kind of jumping around just kind of never gets old which is a hallmark of a good battle theme because you're going to hear it a lot for sure. And so I made up uh, words to it 
bouncing, bouncing, Baruku, 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 my favorite song. Bouncing, bouncing, Baruku, why you sing along? <laughs> and in my head or out loud, every time I play, I uh, I think of that and I kind of, I don't know, you can maybe tell me if there's a musical term for when you truncate words to fit the meter. Uh, it's, um, oh, so there's a forced rhyme in which you would, but that's, that's a little bit different. Uh, there is, there's definitely a term for this and... Hmm. I'm almost positive that there is a term for dropping a syllable. Yeah. Because it's, uh, you know, my favorite song, Bouncing, Bouncing, Maru. Instead of, why don't you sing along? It's, why you sing along? Because uh, you have to fit the meter. Okay, I thought it might be Elision. Elision? Yeah, hmm. Elision. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure Elision is, the, is in fact the correct term, but I didn't want to say it and get it totally, totally wrong. But in linguistics and Elision... Or deletion is the emission of one or more sounds in a word or phrase. Very cool. Yeah. I'm trying to so Google that go. and it's just giving me Elysian because I don't know how to spell it. There, there you go. I would say it spells like it sounds, but this is the English language. So <laughs> right. what the fuck does that even mean? Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is uh, that is what I love about video games this week. Right on. Excellent selections. Thanks. Uh, moving ahead in the show, it is time for... Tell me about. And Moses, this week, I would love it if you could tell me about uh, a game that you would love to see a prequel for. Ooh, I like this. A game that I would love to see a prequel for. And it's obviously Dark Souls. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, weirdly Souls. enough, I, I don't think I would want to see a Dark Souls prequel, although I may changed my mind about that um after i you know complete dark souls 3 but in my in my thinking right now um i don't i don't think that would be exactly where i would want to go so um the prequel to blazeball no uh <laughs> <laughs> yes i would love to see you know a proto blazeball in which we actually play the season that we had only read about but no that's that's obviously not not that that's not my answer either so you know i'm just kind of drifting through uh, you know my ranked games here looking at some some possibility I, I hope that i'm not going to now say something where this actually exists and this is not a game that i've ranked yet because weirdly it doesn't quite it hasn't made the cut it comes so close if it weren't for the fact that the second half of the game really just didn't meet my expectations i would have ranked alan wake by now if the second wow. half had been as good as the first half yeah um and who knows it has a sequel coming which i think is an actual sequel um but i feel like it would be a really interesting game to have a prequel for two reasons one is because it could be about not alan wake mm -hmm. <laughs> it could play with the world that is set up in alan wake of these shadows and you know and monsters what what lurk in the dark um, and also it could lean heavily into the Alan Wake light mechanic yeah. without having to bring guns into the damn game. For fuck's mm. sake, why did you go there? You could have done something completely different and interesting um, in terms of like inverting. Because in, I feel like they got stuck in that game on power scaling and like, OK, we need to be able to give you more tools. Uh, and what they could have done. And I mean, I don't know that Alan Wake is too far off in my ranking because I've ranked a lot of really good games at this point and that game and the first half of that game was so outstanding. It really like got me. It hooked me really well. It brought all these like Stephen King, Twin Peaksy bits into it that I really, really liked. Um, but I could see something really interesting. Another thing about a prequel to Alan Wake is that it is the kind of game world uh, and the kind of narrative where um, I'm kind of thinking about how Twin Peaks Firewalk with me sets up the main story of Twin Peaks, where the first part of the movie actually gets into um, this story that happens with, uh, you know, um, an agent who comes before Cooper, uh, who who meets a bad end. Um, and like you could do something like that 
with and yeah, I know Alan Wake the Alan Wake sequel is going to involve kind of leaning into that part of things too. And yes, I'm kind of anticipating that sequel, so it might be on my minds in terms of thinking about prequel. Um, but the idea that you can have a conclusion where you never need to hear from the main character again and it has no bearing. It sets up and draws on these characters maybe who emerge in Alan Wake who know things that are like the, the lighthouse lady, you know, yeah. um, who obviously have experienced stuff that Alan has no idea about when he is is meeting them. Um, but I feel like it would be a, re- a really compelling world that it could make some choices that the original game didn't make in terms of traps from a game design standpoint and turns and it could get progressively dark and darker and leave you in a fucked up dark place as far as its conclusion with your protagonist being dead or missing in a way that's like not narratively problematic for where the original game picks up yeah yeah i did not see that uh i did not see that one coming uh there are so many other games that are tempting yeah. for this question. I don't know. What are a couple of things you thought I might have uh, leaned into? Actually, um, I mean, Blaseball is just too tempting to not wish for. I, of know? course I wish for it. Yeah, it yeah. is the game that yeah, I would yeah. ultimately love to see a prequel for. And I mean, lore-wise, there's room in Blaseball for there to be a Blaseball prequel. Yeah. Yeah. Or or it could even be Guelph. Uh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not picky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still doing this thing where... Uh, and I can't help but know it, even though whatever. But I'm sort of aware of what the baseball week would be, whether it's an on week or an off week. Wow. Yeah. And so this would be an off week. Uh, and so if you think about it, we're only missing baseball for half of the rest of our lives, <laughs> uh, which is the saving grace. You know, That's a great way to think about it. I appreciate that. Where we have no baseball, where we wouldn't have had baseball anyway. Yeah, and this is one of them. So we can we can rest easy. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I will yeah. say once I finish Outer Wilds and its DLC, that strikes me as a game that's prequel worthy already. But I'm yeah yeah I can't talk about that concept without finishing the the whole offering first. Yeah, so that's definitely one to leave on the table. But like an intriguing piece, no doubt. I mean, I I wouldn't mind a Katamari prequel in which the king of all cosmos is the prince and we can meet his <laughs> asshole dad. Right. <laughs> See the genealogy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Well, Paul, I don't need to tell you that there's a heat dome over the country that I believe has been creeping in your direction. I don't know if it's uh, managed to subsume Wisconsin yet. We're not uh, too bad off, uh, except for the fact that Canada, once again, is on fire. Yeah. Well, that's and we have uh, unhealthy air. Um, and I was looking at the AQI for the country and some kind of fire happening in Bend, where my little brother lives, because they have like two to 300 AQI uh, blasts in them right now. So I forgot uh, that he's in Bend. Yeah. 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 Man, that's an excuse to go to Bend. Well, right. anyway, that doesn't really get the, to my telling me about, though. I didn't really want to talk about terrible air quality. Um, I wanted to offer you the following somewhat bizarre tell me about. It's hot out. You can play whatever video games you want, but your controller is made out of ice, and it will melt progressively. So, for each game, I'm going to give you some stages here. Um, you're going to tell me what game you're going to play uh, based off of how much of the controller is available to you. Okay. So we start off with the full controller is available to you. Okay. Um, but you have, say, I don't know, let's call it a half an hour per each of these stages. Uh, what do you want to play for your first half hour while you have a full controller? I think I'm going to go with Tears of the Kingdom. Okay. Because like understanding that the controller is going to melt, uh, like I, you need every button and you need two of every button just about with the nested <laughs> menus and the contextual actions yeah. um like total finger spaghetti to play that game so yeah definitely tears of the kingdom so starting out with tears of the kingdom um i will say this is normed these these questions are normed at the back end to a playstation controller um but that's okay we're it's still a two stick controller there's no real problem here i also have i have left out the kind of extra buttons that are on you know later controllers so the it, I've also left out start and select. You can assume that they're there if you need them. Okay. 
All right. So your left stick has melted now. What are you going to shift to? Left stick. That's 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 the important stick. Um, because right, that's movement in like say Diablo is left stick. Uh, so yeah. So I was like, okay, need the whole controller. You could. I mean, you you could map. You know, if you wanted to jump to Diablo, you can you can change mappings on control. So I've, That's so not I've lost a, a stick, we'll say. But you've you, we can say that you've lost a stick. Okay. I'll be generous in that respect because yeah, it might be counterintuitive. It is specifically the left stick, but you can map controls in, in most games, you know. Okay. Um boy. Yeah, I mean I think I'd have to go Diablo before I lose any like precious, you know, face buttons or, or triggers. Um yeah. if I can remap the left stick, the right stick. Uh, I think you push it in to do certain things. So I might lose access to like the Paragon uh, leveling board and, and stuff like that. Uh, but that's okay. I'm sort of overpowered right now. So I don't need. You only have half an hour to work with anyway. Yeah. Here, so, yeah. you know, so yeah, there you go with, with Diablo. All right. Well, rather inevitably, because you're using that stick so heavily, the next thing to melt off is the other stick. You have no sticks left. Now what? Okay. No sticks. Boy, that's. That's tricky. It would have to be um, more of a text kind of thing. Uh, so I always wanted to go back to Aviary Attorney, which is a Sherlock Holmes-esque okay. but birds. But the birds are like people. Uh, a mystery adventure that I started like on a plane once. Um, so I mean, technically, like you, I think you probably need a stick. But we're not being too um, particular about this. Could you theoretically map it to the D-pad? You can map it to the D-pad. Yeah. yeah. My so main yeah, thing is you're just losing forms of input. It's not meant to limit yeah. the idea again that like, yeah, it's just you have fewer things. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll go aviary attorney. All right. Uh, you have now lost the triggers. So you're down to having only, uh, you know, two top of the controller inputs. Hmm. What do we still have bumpers? Right. Um, I'll go with, uh, I'll go with Thumper, uh, which I'm not sure if you've played. It is described as a horror rhythm game. Okay. You're on this track. You're this little scarab okay. this track and, uh, you're going really fast and like you're going around turns mm -hmm. and like, you have to like lean into the turn. Okay. You know? So, uh, so I think I could manage, I think I could manage Thumper. It's like that Tanuki skateboarding game. I don't know if I've seen the Tanuki skateboarding game. I could have sworn that that was like, it was like a, I thought it was like an Xbox arcade game or something. Dang. I'm curious. Well, inevitably, you've been leaning into, you know, those bumpers. They've now melted off. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're down to the, um, uh, the, uh, 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 face buttons, the face buttons pretty much. Yeah. I don't, I don't own it, but that's uh, yeah, not a concern I would, for this I would particular get mind exercise. It would be, uh, it would be amplitude, hmm. uh, the 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 sequel to Frequency, a, yeah, uh, you know, one of the old pre-rock band uh, rhythm games. Totally, yes, and it's a lot of face button action in in that one. So, uh, but one that makes good use of uh, pretty much all the buttons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, making use of uh, the Lucky Charms on the uh, on the right side of the controller, you've lost your triangle and circle. So you're down to a D-pad, an X, and a square. Hmm. I think I could still do like a jump kick with X and square. So I'm 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 looking for a brawler now. Oh yeah, you uh, could definitely. I mean, there's a there's a lot of games that uh, rely on just those those six inputs. So yeah, you, you know you got a wide variety of choices here. Um. I heard that the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles beat em up is good. So I think I would gather uh gather my my girlfriend's kids and 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 we could we could play that one. Excellent. Excellent. And finally, of course, you're left with only the D-pad. Um oh, I, okay. I can't actually say and it it's a stretch, but to preserve your future This whole situation is a stretch. Well, I but mean to preserve your future experience uh, uh, in regards to one of the greatest games ever made, I, I actually cannot uh, cannot say uh, what I what my true answer would be. Um, 
but um what to heck right uh i feel like you could you could knock out some puzzles in the witness pretty effectively with with just the d-pad can you navigate in the witness with the d-pad no but maybe so, i, I you, maybe you i remap here <laughs> I remap move solve a puzzle remap okay okay yeah um, fair enough fair enough i mean i could Is enter this... part of the konami code i guess but only <laughs> part of it <laughs> the ups ups and the downs downs uh but uh but yeah i'm, I'm gonna go with the witness on on that on that one Fair enough. I'll give you the stretch, and and that's it. All of your inputs are now melted off of the controller, oh and it's time to go do something else. Uh, in spite yeah. of the heat, maybe get outside and touch grass. Yeah. Well, I've got a I've got a pool. Oh so, yeah. Uh, right would on. Not be, would not be the worst case scenario. No, and you have no problem getting outside and touching grass anyway. So <laughs> yeah. you and I have you know been known to while away some hours tossing a frisbee, going mm -hmm. for hikes and such and Absolutely. the like. So yeah. All right. Cool. I like I like the I like the exercise. I decided to do a Paul like tell me about. I was like, yeah. you know what? I've got to stretch this. I keep asking you like pretty tame tell me abouts, even if they're some of them might be uh, you know, puzzling in their own right. But I was like, we've we've got this feature on the show that allows for weird shit. Right. I'm gonna get weird with it. Let's get exactly. <laughs> get weird with it. Well, we are going to get weird with it, probably, if the past is any prologue. I was thinking yeah. <laughs> With uh, the final feature of the show, it's time for Make My Game. Coming this week from Fake Crane Games, which is pretty great. I do like that. Is Killer Landmine Attack. Jeez, kind of grim. I definitely could imagine some, some options, though, if we wanted to go with it. Yeah. I think it's uh, it's zany enough to warrant a look. Um, landmines are obviously one of the most horrible <laughs> devices ever created. Absolutely. And yet something that in video games is often extremely fun. Right. You know, there's definitely definitely some history of landmines in games that, that have been amusing or frustrating. I'm trying to remember what the name of that game. It's an arcade cabinet game where you drive a tank and you have like left and right stick to control the tank i'm pretty oh, sure yeah. lines were like horrible in that game that game was was really fun i've got uh, to track down the name of it because that might need to be ranked in the not too distant future as far as unranked uh, cabinet games yeah. um but bear with me here the first thing that comes to mind for me is landmines with little feet i can see it um it, it definitely rewrites sort of the entire mo of a landmine but I, but that's okay like they um, walk around and they go bury themselves. Oh, they go. Okay. Yeah. They go bury. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I just got the, the image of uh, yeah. like a little four little feet and it's like, like kind of scuttling around. Um, I feel like uh, it takes some of the brutality off of the reality of landmine. So if we're going to make killer landmine attack, it should be fun. Yeah. And, um, you know, having having little scuttling landmines uh, that are, yeah, I, I you know, that you get to to, to control. Um, rather than like having to deal with, you know, just perpetual waves of landmines that you have to nav navigate fields. That's not, that's not as fun. Yeah. What if it is, a uh, a, uh, not asynchronous. And I just had the word where one side's more powerful than the other. Yes. <laughs> An asymmetric game. Asymmetrical. I, you almost had me with that freaking <laughs> word trap where you right. tell person just enough for them to not be able to find the word yeah yeah um but where uh there's 100 people 99 of them are sentient minds yeah and one is a person well also a person <laughs> <laughs> then the one is also a double person a sentient mind no um <laughs> <laughs> it's a sentient mime I like this actually as like a quick net game kind of like it's it's a relatively quick play mm -hmm. um where like um uh, maybe like i'm trying to think like it it goes in uh quick alternating phases um where the mines have less time um where the the person is in like you know dark mode the um the non-mine we need mm -hmm. another name for this the soldier sure <laughs> presumably or the mine hunter 
Okay, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because he's like looking for mines, right? And yeah, uh, and trying to to traverse a field. And it's like you almost never win as the mine hunter, right? This is definitely the nature of this game. Um, but just to spice things up a little bit more, the mines can't see each other moving. Ah. Uh. Or maybe they can only see like one third of the field. So you can run into each other and blow each other up. Okay. I like that, which also limits like we're gonna just going to surround this narrow pathway with mines and he literally can't, which you can try and do. But if you bump into one another, like maybe mines can't see other mines at all, but at all, but there's maybe a middle ground there. That seems a little too extreme. Um, You, you get, well, they like, can't see. So, there's multiple phases of mind movement. Mm -hmm. So it's like one phase of player movement and three phases of mind movement of, of hunter movement, three phases of mind movement. I might have the numbers off here. Right. Um, and what do minds do? They bury themselves mm -hmm. when they, when they get to their little destinations. Um, and so of course you can't see the other minds that are not in your movement phase. You can only see the other ones that are active in your movement phase. Yeah. And the hunter during the mind movement phases can see explosions when they happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, they could even leave evidence scorch marks, you know, out, out on the playing field. Um, and I can see the mine mine. I always want to say mind hunter because that is a show. Uh, the mind hunter uh, has a limited uh, array of, of tools. Like it has a scanning mode that it can do for 30 seconds cumulatively per round. It has some sort of a, a, a stick, <laughs> a pokey yeah. stick, uh, but a those are, are lost with each use. Yeah. Um, I also think that they they maybe have to be moving at a certain rate. There's got to be something that makes it so that you can't just super slow play it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you got limited resources, but maybe it's like on... Um, you know, you can't stand still for more than like five seconds or three seconds or something. Um, and if you do, that's like a, I don't know, again, that takes tuning, but that, that creates an automatic loss state, uh, you know, like, I don't know, you've got some artificial video, weird video game condition where you've got a mind strapped to you that will detonate if you don't yeah. keep moving. There we go. Yeah. That, and that yeah, kind of have, typical you know, video game nonsense. You have like five diffuses. So if you know exactly where mine is, you can diffuse it, but you know, it can be tricky getting close enough or, or other other factors. I'm liking this. I think maybe we don't need a hundred mind players. Um sure. and uh but it does kind of have to be online. This would be otherwise it's like on a you know kind of um close your eyes werewolf style just a matter of trust. Yeah. And um for a game like this that just doesn't seem like it seems like it would be a very unnecessary forced condition that would make it far less fun than if everybody's actually just online mm -hmm. in in a you know in their own spaces. Yeah. Yeah. I dig. I don't know. Uh... Well, the mines dig too. The mines dig. We all dig <laughs> for mine dig for killer landmine attack. Um, that we do. This week's game from Fake Crane Games. Bringing us to the final bit of the show. And uh, Moses, any final thoughts from you this week? Uh, you know, I'm just going to say that uh, you mentioned Mindhunter. And season three of that show might come eventually. But anybody who likes such tales of uh, based on, on true tales and murder, you got to watch Mindhunter. Edmund Kemper uh, is like the serial killer that people don't know about as as much the co-ed killer. Um a man who turned himself in because he got <laughs> bored. Oh my God. And the casting on him is eerie. When you like, look up how this guy actually looks in real life. And the guy okay. who played him in the show, like they did an incredible job and he's a giant, very, very tall man. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, just a, a little random, uh, you know, to watch. I, I will also say I've been catching up on finally finishing up the card season three. Uh, I have two episodes to go. And, if you have that Paramount access and you've been uh, being like, I don't know if I really want to watch this. You know what? Don't bother with seasons one and two. Yeah. Watch season three. And if you really love season three, go back and watch seasons one and two because I enjoyed them thoroughly. But season three is what you want. Hmm. If you're a TNG fan, 
and you've been like you've heard like oh i don't know picard like where's the tng will give you the original cast back that's the one spoiler like you get the full you get everyone yeah. almost more or less and it delivers just so much so absolutely fucking much i have been thoroughly enjoying this show i can't think if you're a tng fan you probably there's no way not to enjoy it the writing's so on point there's tons of fan service but like in the best possible sense of fan service yeah it's like it is really 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 good so um you know mind hunter for those of you on netflix looking for murdery shows and uh picard season three just start there you know and like i said if you really love it you'll go back to seasons one and two and pick up the other characters you're like who's this person yeah yeah a couple of couple of new people who persist into that final season but uh just just great stuff I'll have to recommend Mindhunter to uh, to Laura. She's into the murdery stuff. Yeah. Me, me less so. Yeah. Um, on the TV front, uh, I will mention my parents uh, just binged all three seasons of The Boys. Oh, man, I still got to get to it. that. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I know we've talked about it. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't wait to hear your thoughts on, on The Boys. It's just so good. It's like, it's not like Diablo because it's through and through uh, great, but it's like Diablo in the sense of like, well, there's just nothing else. Just nothing else now. The boys is done. <laughs> it was my show for a while, and now I'm back to you know always sunny reruns. Or uh, the sure. 16th season was was really good too. But uh, yeah, I still got to catch up on some of that too. But yeah, yeah. so a little TV uh, dishing on the back end for for y'all today. But that's yeah. uh, that's all I got. Nice. Well, thanks uh, as always for being here with us. Absolutely, Paul. Thanks as always for bringing us together. You got it. And uh, thanks to everyone out there for listening to this week's episode of Paul and Moses Play. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, you can email us at paulandmosesplay at gmail.com. We'll see you next week. And until then, never stop, stop playing. playing.